We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The odds of solving a homicide drop drastically as time goes on. And when I say drastically, I mean it. One out of five cold cases will be solved. One out of 20 result in an arrest and one out of 100 result in a conviction. So the odds are really in our favor. The murder of a West Michigan woman was just solved after over 30 years. But was the way it solved ethical? This is The Daily J. I'm Zach Clark. Stacey Lynn Chahorsky was a regular 19-year-old teen from Muskegon County's Norton Shores, but in September of 1988, she went missing after a phone call with her mother. Her body was found in December of the same year in Dade County, Georgia, about five miles from the Alabama state line. But she remained unidentified for 33 years. Federal officials on Monday said genetic genealogy points to Henry Frederick Hoss Wise as Stacey's killer. Her remains were identified this past March using that same technology. It sounds like the case that I'm talking about, even though it looks to me like it's a wild mess, is one of the lucky ones. Is that fair? That's absolutely fair. When you send it, it was like, I'm so happy that they were able to use that technology. Every one of these cases is a person, right, and leaves behind people who love them. And in some cases, it's been decades. And there's just no physical evidence or it's impossible to get it tested. So definitely the case that you sent, was one of, they're definitely, I would say, one of the lucky ones. For me, every time I see one of these cases that is solved, right, one of these cold cases where the, the victim's family didn't know for decades what yeah. happened, it kind of gives us hope and drive to continue doing what we're doing and be involved in this because you never know which one's going to come together. The first voice that you heard after mine belonged to Dr. Karen Holt. She is a professor at Michigan State University's School of Criminal Justice. The second voice was Karen's colleague, Ellison Rojek, who was an instructor at the School of Criminal Justice. The pair have partnered with the Michigan State Police Department to help solve cold cases in the area. Hoss Wise, the suspect in Stacy Chahorsky's murder, died in a stunt driving crash in Myrtle Beach back in 1999. What's the value in solving these cases, even if both the suspect and the victim are dead? You know, Allie and I both, we've really started questioning, what is justice? And so we've recently brought in some victims advocates to really help us kind of redefine our mission. One out of five cold cases will be solved. One out of 20 result in an arrest and one out of 100 result in a conviction. So the odds aren't really in our favor in terms of a conviction. For instance, the case we worked on, we had very little information about the victim other than the fact that she was a high-risk victim. She was involved in abusive relationships. She had a substance abuse problem. So it took a lot of digging, but we eventually put together a victimology which is through interviews with her surviving family members and figured out like more about her life, who she was. 
She was a really good person who was good with children, who everybody loved. Those kinds of things and really putting together a picture of who she was was really important to us. Basically, Haas Wise was caught because a relative uploaded their DNA to one of those genealogy sites that have become so popular, and scientists used that DNA match from the relative to trace both the suspect and the victim. Is this even allowed? For that answer, I spoke to Cooley Law Professor and former FBI Special Agent in Charge of Detroit, Andy Arena. This was how the Golden Gate Killer was caught. Nobody wants that guy on the street. But at the same time, we talk about search and seizure. That looks a lot of different ways. I don't have to tell you that, but it could look like a chalk line on a tire, or it could look like somebody obtaining my DNA through somebody else without really having any right to it. That's exactly right. And that's the flip side of this, uh, the privacy concern. What are you allowing these companies to do with your DNA? I've had people say, hey, you know, I'm thinking about doing this. <laughs> I'm like, well, you, you know, read the fine print. What control are you retaining over your DNA samples? Most of these agreements are you're not retaining a whole lot. So, you know, take a look at it and think about it before you put that out there. Are you surprised how willingly people give this up? It is your genetic code. Oh, Yeah. Like I say, I don't know that people actually know the ramifications of it, you know, or the flip side, maybe the other argument is they don't care, right? They're more interested in their genealogy, their family tree, their ethnicity, those types of things. DNA, it's a relatively new tool used in crime fighting, and connecting the DNA of others to those accused of crimes through genealogy is even newer. How new is it? Well, it's new enough to where it caught former FBI agent Andy Arena off guard when he first learned about it. When I joined the FBI in 1988, this was a, certainly a new technology, right? And we didn't really understand fully the impact it would have on crime fighting. I remember there was a gentleman in my due agent class who uh, had a PhD, a cancer researcher, and he was coming into the FBI to become an agent to work in, in DNA, work in the laboratory. You know, and I thought, wow, that's kind of an odd career change. But, you know, I think he knew this was kind of cutting edge. And so so you've seen it develop and its acceptance in law enforcement and crime fighting from those days to today. And then obviously what we're seeing with genealogy and taking that DNA one step further into, into solving these crimes. To me, it's an amazing advancement in law enforcement. An FBI agent working on Stacey Lynch-Chahorsky's case says this is the first known situation where the technique identified both a victim and a killer. So we're in a brand new space in the American legal realm. What would have happened, though, if Hoss Wise was still alive? In this case, the subject is dead, so nobody's getting charged in court. What happens when the subject is alive and he actually gets charged? The defense attorneys are going to jump all over that. And they're going to challenge. They're going to challenge the search and seizure, the Fourth Amendment issues. And they're also, I think, going to challenge scientifically. Well, how do you know that individual was related to my subject? How solid is this science? There's really two arguments. There's the legal argument and then the scientific challenge to it. And we will see. It's only a matter of time before we see that in a court of law. Are we opening a door to kind of like a Wild West here, at least momentarily, until there's some precedent? We operate in the legal system on precedent. And when there is none... It's kind of just a free-for-all until somebody sets it. I think it's going to be set pretty quickly. You know, I think we're kind of moving down that continuum right now. This has obviously got the public's attention, the media's attention, you know. But as I said, it's not been used in a live defendant yet. There is this television show that follows around real homicide detectives. It's called The First 48, and the premise is that if the case is not solved in the first 48 hours, the task of solving becomes exponentially more difficult. 
which Allison from Michigan State says is true, but not always. You know, usually we talk about like the first 48, right? Time is of the essence, getting leads fast, tracking them down and whatnot. And that's definitely the case. But when these cases go cold, time's kind of a double-edged sword, right? Because especially in an old case like this, people in the case may have passed. They're not available. They've moved out of state and they're difficult to find. So time can really hinder that. But it can also play in our favor because relationships have changed over time. People who are friends are maybe not friends anymore. People who are married are now divorced. So time kind of plays both ways. But it's really just getting into that case and those case files and starting to see what you have and, and what you're missing and really getting them organized. Because a lot of people probably touch these cases over the, like this one that's you know 33 years old. A lot of people have been involved in that case and, and trying to make sense of everything that's there. In the 1990s, as DNA testing became more widely used, the number of cold cases dropped, which makes sense. But they've not stayed down, which to me does not make sense. But that's exactly why we call experts like Karen and Allison. Can either one of you explain to me why right now there are more? In my little brain, technology would mean fewer, but it doesn't. I wish that were the case. Absolutely. And we are seeing these hits, right? We're seeing these familial matches is what happened in this particular case. We would expect to see that. But the, the other thing that's happening is the nature of homicide has changed over the years and really over the decades. What used to be called kind of slam dunk cases that were fairly straightforward, maybe a domestic situation. The nature of homicide has kind of changed in terms of maybe more stranger on stranger violence or homicide where we don't know the nature of the relationship between the victim and the offender. And if we don't know the relationship, it makes it you know very difficult to solve these cases, to put the pieces together. So I think the technology is definitely helping us solve cases, but the way homicides are unfolding over time has changed a little bit, which makes putting those players in the same place and time um, very difficult. The point those two women just made rounds out this whole podcast. Advances in fields like DNA and genealogy have helped, and nationwide databases have too. But things like DNA, they aren't catch-alls for solving crimes. DNA, it's not necessarily the piece that ties it all together. I mean, it definitely has a lot of value. And it can put victim and offender, you know, in the same place. And so trying to put other pieces of information together with that, I think, helps make a better case. You know, do we have a better case if we have other things that can corroborate that, you know, a witness statement? It's a really, really important piece of the puzzle, absolutely. But there's other parts that can help make a stronger case if you have other things that can corroborate that as well. Someone's DNA might be present, but like maybe there was another explanation for why that DNA was there. So DNA definitely helps, but if there has to be that corroborating evidence. Okay, and here's why this DNA was there. And right, there are other aspects that are involved as well. Going back to the beginning of the episode, as our criminologist pointed out, Stacey Lynn Chahorsky isn't lucky as a person, but her case, it is. Her family finally got closure after more than three decades of wondering what happened to their loved one. I mean, Stacey Lynn's mother is still alive. But it's not technology that solves these cases, as our three guests proved. It's the people, people solve these cases. Thank you to Andy Arena, Dr. Karen Holt, and Allison Rojek for taking the time to chat with me. This podcast would not be possible without the work of our digital team. Check out www.jnewsradio.com for the top local news stories on demand 24-7. Do you have questions, comments, or concerns about The Daily J? We want to hear them. Drop us an email at dailyj at odyssey.com. That's dailyj at audacy.com. Our theme music is written and produced by Ozone Music and Sound in Southfield. I'm Zach Clark, and this is The Daily J. Thanks for listening. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.